this must have been a full moon week. I'm I telling am you. telling you. I mean, you you want to talk about the right? I'll, I'll no, some weird ahead. stuff happened today. Like what? Like what? Like I'm what? telling you. Now I have the office in the back of my home, as you know. And what happened is I was in the office waiting for a customer to go by, and I'm putting away stuff in the, you know, I'm doing all the work, and I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I hear my door open, and I think it's my customer, but I didn't think they would be so rude as to not knock. All of a sudden, this woman with a cigarette at the back door, and she's going, oh, we were looking for the dog. I said, how would your dog open my door and (laughs) come in? And she goes... Like, Stephanie said it was okay. And I'm going, who's Stephanie? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I guess they're looking for a dog that ran into my oh. backyard. Oh. Yeah, but why does she want to open my door? Well, without knocking. I mean, yeah. maybe she figures she took it in and you're, you're giving it some kibble or something. But I would knock. I know. It was like, what you know, the cigarette To move a bankhead kind of a, a deal. It was really odd. And, and then... I closed the door and I said, wait a second, who the hell are you? <laughs> you After you closed the door or you, did you... I, all of a sudden I'm realizing, why is this woman, you know... In your, go, going through your backyard to open your... Well, not really, well, it's no, her side. She went into my side door, but why would you open the door? Yeah. She was looking for the dog and, that, and I said, well, why are you opening a door? Well, was your door like... No. Closed? Wait, 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 was, was it closed, closed. and locked or ajar? It was shut. Wow. Okay, it's a full... And the only reason I know it was shut, because my guys who were working in the house yesterday went down to open the door for my customer, and they had left my door open for the last day and a half. <laughs> oh. Because well, I got yeah. home, you know, yesterday, and I was, like, exhausted. Yeah. From, from the, and, the party thing, yeah. And I went down, I said, oh, my God, whoever left the, the house, you know, it was, like, an inch open. Whoops. Whoops. And I closed it. Yeah. That's how I know I closed Close it. it. Well, that, okay, that's a weird, that's a little bit of a weird thing. And also, you wanted to talk a little bit about... The whole... All these nooses. What is... What, the I, nuisance of nooses. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what I find he- hilarious about that... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it shouldn't be. It's not, you know, a bad thing. But right. they're showing all of a sudden... They're wondering why, you know, this... this poli- sorry. Yeah. I took my hands and it hits the mic and it's all bad. It makes mic noise. It's, it's sorry, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what happens is this... All of a sudden, the TV's going, oh, there's a proliferation of nuisance on the, mo- the morning news. Why are there all these nuisances coming up all over America? It's Halloween and people put out things. Oh well, they put it. Yes, they ha- people are always. You know, they always hang scarecrows in the trees yeah, to make it. Look. I don't know. Yeah, no. Suddenly this year, I, no, all years. Oh, they don't do that in your neighborhood. No, the oh. shaving cream out of the day after. No, 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 no. They have all these Halloween day, and the one house tries to do the other. Yeah, well, yes, but and now they're hanging everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And but not, not in like you know police stations. No, with no, black yeah, oh, no, no, no. But these, but these things are like I, I heard this on the news the other day. They called up this this woman had to take. She had this what she they said was a person and a person hanging from the tree by a noose, and they went oh, to her house and yeah. they said. It's a Halloween decoration. It's not a racist thing. And now, you know, because her next-door neighbors called her racist and put it on these oh, websites. Oh, for goodness sakes. And, and they're going, it's a Halloween decoration. It wasn't anything. But you know, if you had not mentioned, because this started, like, already in the end of September. Yeah, no, it, st- it started with that, um, those kids who sat yes, on the, the tree. Yes, the Genesis. The Genesis. So that I understand. 
But they're getting. But now it's just proliferating too much. And now people are like they're taking news, and all of a sudden you're racist. It's like we get the Halloween decorations, girls. Well, well, I think I think people should probably this particular season come up with a different uh, pumpkins. Come on, you know you can do it. I know, but but, you know they think it's it's clever. It is clever if you can. It's not clever if you can't divorce it from if you're in the neighborhood. Get over certain things, and that's one of the things that. That just this season, that. I mean, you know, if April some if something comes, a news comes out, you go, oh well, maybe that's uh, you know racist. But right now, I don't think it's racist. It might be Halloween. Depends where it's hung, man. Oh, I, well, the it depends where it's hung at the Ku Klux Klan headquarters. <laughs> maybe it's not a Halloween decoration. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just, especially if over the years and yeah, there had never been. Oh yeah, that all kind the, of decoration all the time before. in my neighborhood. I mean, yeah, but in a police station. How many people hang? No, we know that was a Okay, well there you go. But I mean, now yeah. everyone's like really watching out for nooses. You know, what I, mean? I guess I'm gonna take the noose down that I hung in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a pumpkin on a noose behind you. Yeah, well, and, and, but it's a light-skinned pumpkin, so we know. It's that orange. <laughs> right. I don't know. We're hanging Indians now. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's something against Indians. They, they prefer to be called pumpkins of color. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, this, this is the list. I started making a list of the insanity. Of this particular week, of what uh, change of season near Halloween? Maybe it was a full moon. I don't know what it was this week. Okay, first of all, it was a full moon, by the way. Was it? Okay, this maybe that this explains it. Did you hear about the Robo Cannon? No. Did you hear about this? It's not. It's not even funny. It's so sick because it's like the first scene in RoboCop. But this is for real. In South Africa, the, the soldiers were manning an electronic machine gun. And something short-circuited. And the machine gun turned around and killed nine soldiers and wounded 14. <laughs> it's like, literally, it's a, they completely missed whatever, an, an electronic, like, automatic digital gun. I bet you it was someone who pressed the button, wrong button. Yeah, I mean, if that's the way they're making these, uh, that's why we still need humans behind these by. things. Yeah, by accident, by oops. And they turned around and all of a sudden guns pointing at you. Yeah. Yeah, well, you saw. Do you remember RoboCop when the, the thing went berserk? Never saw the movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, especially to see in the theater. But okay, rent it. Okay, nuggy thing. That's nuggy number one. That's like okay. the world going boop boop haywire. Number two, you know whose house the? Uh, excuse me, not whose house. Whose warehouse the FBI raided this week? No. Go figure. Take it, I, I, I won't have you take a wild guess. We don't have the time. Jimmy Carter's. No, but someone. Well, not equally, whatever. Um, David Copperfield. Oh, yeah. The magician. Not a, wait, but I love the fact that they, they found stuff. What? They found, like, they found $2 million in cash. He's got it lying around. Who he works in the warehouse. Uh, but what were they looking at? You know, I, I heard some rumors oh, about things that were... Drugs and stuff, wasn't it? Drugs, I heard. The SEX was, in, uh, was a thing. Again, it's... Sex? Yeah. You can't... You have to sell sex? You can't say it? Well, well it's a rumor. You know, I, I kind of like to say... So, rumors we spell out... I already said the word sodomy, so I, I have no trouble with, with saying... But uh, I don't know what the whole deal is. Too many, I, I wonder if maybe there's $14 million in a trap door behind the $2 million that they were looking for. You know. I think they were looking for the CASH. <laughs> I mean, or either that or... Um, who gives $2 million of cash? Someone who has $20 million of cash. You know? Or unless you really think... Why, he keeps too many dollars of cash on for drugs? I don't know. Why is it in a warehouse? Hmm. Don't Maybe. you put your money in a bank? If you had $2 million, you wouldn't put it in a bank? 
If I had two million dollars, I'd put in a Swiss bank. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> or I own this. No, I couldn't own this. Well, I, I have a consortium and own this station. So, but I mean, yeah, I know. But who puts two million dollars in it? And I like the fact that they 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 find it and they take it. <laughs> well, they confiscate it. I, I assume yeah. they didn't quote yeah. unquote take it. Now we only have one or two more minutes. Okay, you've talked about your your lady friend the nooses. I've got the robo candidate no, Copperfield. Just someone who's in my backyard. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, what the God. hell is wrong with her? What is up with that? No. Oh, I my mean, God. You and I are completely opposite today. She's wrong on she this. Got, no, she is. I think the stupid adoption people, when they have, it, they have a contract with her, they own the dog she's she just caring for. She probably didn't even read the paper. She went to adopt this dog. It didn't work out. She wanted to give it a good home. And then the people go, oh, you made a mistake. We're taking the dog back. And then they can't even appease it. She went on the air and begged, you know... Oh, well, I don't understand the one thing where I think the adoption agency went wrong is that all they had to do, in my opinion, is once they realized, oh, they, she gave it to this woman she should not have, yeah. they can send someone over to that family, to the right. hairdresser, look around, make sure the whole place is puppy-proof and, right. and, and a, a decent home, and then say, okay, we give our approval... Now she can keep the dog. Right. Why didn't they do that? That I don't understand. And they already gave the dog away to someone. Oh, that's brutal. That's just, uh, yeah. And, and that's horrible. And I think, honestly, and what kind of right do they have to own this dog for the rest of its life because they saved it? Well, maybe there's a grace period of however many. No, it said forever. They have the right to, they always own their only the temporary <laughs> caretakers. I mean, and they, it's like leasing dogs to celebrities. The moral of the story is go to a pound that, that, has a, that is a kill shelter and save something. And they'll be happy to... to yeah. If you won't beat it to death, they'll give it I to mean, you. I mean, really, I don't it. think... I'm sorry, but if you're adopting a dog, it means you're really going to take care of it. And I don't really believe that Ellen DeGeneres is going to, you know, be the next Michael Beck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when we have our second dog, a dog that we, we love very much... What happened was, he went to a family, family had him for a little bit, they gave it back to the pet store. And then the pet store couldn't really suck because it was getting older, I mean, for, yeah. for a sellable puppy. And then someone else took it. She couldn't take it and ended up giving it to us. Now, technically, I guess she should have brought it back to the pet store again. But since we know the pet store and we know her, it all worked out rather well, we yeah, didn't know her. The pet store, the the pet store didn't own it at that point. Actually, you know, you're right. She contacted the pet store and they sort of put us in touch with her. Right. So that's how that did work. Because yeah. she probably wanted to return to the pet store. So the brother said, we don't want <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you know, this dog's been back twice. But thank God we got it. We yeah. just love him. But I'm telling you, it's crazy. That whole thing is nuts. And, and, you know, just nuggy, nuggy kind of thing. I'm, I'm giving Jeff the, the motions because it's 11 o'clock already. That's We've got to start our, our, our Dave's gone by. We can get to I talk remember. about the crazy guy who killed the, the director of all those Curious George cartoons. Oh, the whole George Jim? A while ago. He got life in prison, no parole. Ever. Ever. Okay. He, he stabbed and bludgeoned him 83 different ways. <laughs> it, was, it was not George, a good George, I'm so curious. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. And, and let's face it, this was also the week that Joe Torrey turned down a job for $5 million. I well, that I, I would have done, too. Uh, they, were just, they, were, they, they were just nasty. You don't, oh, you did such a bad Here's a decrease in salary, but we'll give you incentives. And what he said, he says, look, I managed this team for how long? It was it 12 years. 12 years. And he goes, I got you the world to the playoffs every single year. I, you think I need an incentive to come to get to the playoffs again? I mean, it was just... It, it was an insult, but at the same time, if he had you know, gotten them to the thing, he could have made $8 million. He also, Yeah, but he also said, 
if they wanted me, they, they he, if they yeah. wanted a, a man, them, him to manage it, he yeah. would have been That was managed. a signal. That was yeah. kind of like, we want you, but it's time. It wasn't Goodbye. They, wanted you. they wanted to appease the fans by offering them something. Yeah. I mean, it was time for him. I and, then, and now they're going to say, see, we offered him the job. He just didn't want it. Yeah. Well, the Tory era is over, as is this episode of A Little Big Time on WGBB. But for gosh sakes, do not go away, because in two minutes, less than two minutes, we will be right back with the beginning and the middle and the end of Dave's Gone. The end of Dave's Gone. No. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, at 12.00-something, but only for this week. You know, it'll be back next week. So, <laughs> Dave's Gone by hasn't even started yet, but it's going to start right yeah. after this. Every Sunday night at 11 o'clock, you can hear music, humor, and talk. Dave makes a laugh, and he makes the time fly. Sixteen minutes of Dave's gone by. Dave's gone by, 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 Dave's gone by. Since 2002, Dave Lefkowitz has hosted the coolest, nuttiest talk show on local radio, with sketches, commentary, and celebrity guests. Sunday nights at 11 on this station. 1240 WGBB, the station that serves your community. Yeah! Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, everybody, everywhere in the whole wide universe to the 243rd episode of Dave's Gone By. I'm Dave Lefkowitz, radio host, raconteur, with the best raconteur you've ever seen, and with my guest co-host, Jeffrey Goodman. How are you, Jeffrey? Very good, except I do believe that uh, Dolly Parton used to have the best, best rack on tour. tour. Yeah, okay. Uh, wait, is she here? No. So I well, she's on tour. Is she? Well, or she's working on her musical. That much uh, we know. She, she does have a Broadway musical coming of um, in 9 to 5. We'll be maybe in a season or two on Broadway. Or 3 or 4 or, or 5. No, no, I think yeah, that one's kind of moving quickly forward. Is it? Apparently, and, and she's really working pretty hard on it, so... Uh, I don't know how we already got there from from here to do- to Hollywood. To Hollywood. Oh, have you ever heard the um the phrase Holly Bolly? I heard it this morning. It was um have Holly Bolly Christmas. No, no, no. They do um, that in India. Indian TV. Uh, they they do this thing where they sh- they count down the top twenty uh, Indian movie songs and Indian directors when you watch. What should be Spanish channels, but Indian stuff rents them for oh, a couple yes, of hours. Oh, yes, yes. So we've heard of Bollywood, where they've got the musicals that are sort of based on and derivative, sort of, well, not okay. in a negative way. So I'm what's this Holly Bolly? Holly Bolly is where the, the directors are going back and forth to India and America. And it's, it's that whole cross cultural thing. I like that. They're doing the continental. Yeah, the Holly Bolly continental, you know. Yes. I like that phrase, Holly Bolly. So that, that will be the word of the day. And you know what our other word of today is? God bless you. Nope. That's a nice one, but that's three words. No, gravitas. Gravitas. Gravitas, which was apparently how it's strange to make fun of this, because Kiefer Sutherland 
mentioned that was one of his favorite words, gravitas. And he said it so pompous while saying that, that Stern would, would rank on him. But we're doing gravitas tonight. You know why? Because we have Jason Grau calling in. Yes, 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 yes. Jason Grau, the singer, the actor, the delightful Jason Grau, is going to be part of the neighborhood. He was in Hello Mother, Hello Father, off-Broadway. And he was in... Oh, we seem to be feeding back on the uh, our little camera that's supposed to be recording us. Oh, well, I guess we had it a little beat, problem. It beat. Maybe it didn't. Did you turn it on? Oh, I'm, I'm sure you've turned it on, Jeff. Oh, I'll deal with it during commercial. But anyway, <laughs> um, Jason Graff, who is just one of the most delightful people you're ever going to meet. And a lovely talented. singer. Very talented. What did you see him in? Do you remember some of the things that he was in Stardust on Broadway? Saw that. Uh, Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. He was Drama Desk nominated for that. Olympus on my mind. When I saw that too. Away. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, marvelous, charming, and he's doing a lot of cabaret stuff as well. And he's going to be at Birdland tomorrow night. He was there tonight, and he's going to be back there tomorrow. So go see Jason Gra. And if you don't know why you should, definitely stick around for the next half hour, forty-five minutes or so at least, so you can find out about the lovely and delightful and talented Mr. Gra and his G R A E. G- no, G-R-A-A-E. He's got that double A thing going on. Gra- I, I just makes him alphabetically before me, so there. Oh, well, so there, yes. Gra- no, it's not. What? No. Goodness, yes. No. no. He's still alphabetically. <laughs> we're both too tired to do this, but we're not too tired to laud and extol our sponsors. Mortgagesrock.com. 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 Because... Because you can make money off of your friends' mortgages or your own mortgages. That's, well, yeah, I guess you can make some money off your own mortgage. But the main thing is you can learn how to be a mortgage broker and get commission. It's all there at the website, mortgagesrock.com. And Hewlett Minuteman Press. Hewlett Minuteman Press, which are the copy Kings of Broadway. Broadway in Hewlett, Long Island. Across from Lowman's, the next door to Lowman's Shoes. And 10% for Dave's Gone By listeners. Just 10% off. Any job, big or small, at Hewlett Minuteman Press. And they, what do they have? What did they recently get? A new color copier. A wonderful color co- I've I've slept with their color copier. That's how much I love it. Really? Yeah. And the, the you were a very lonely man. <laughs> well, my wife's away half the week, so I needed some comfort. It's Every warm. time it shifts to a new page, <laughs> you like that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, collate me, collate me. But anyway, I don't even know what that means. No. Um, I'm collating, I'm collating. <laughs> <laughs> what else? But you oh. know it really hurts when they staple the staple. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't let with a fold. Well, a fold can be good. Depends <laughs> on the position. <laughs> oh, and then you know, at the end you get covered with ink. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> what else? Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. The, the Bible of Broadway. For more than 64 years. The Bible of Broadway. Where people turn... But it's only given good for like the last 10. Aw. Well, yeah, well, Richmond Shepherd ran it for a few years, and then I kind of work it with Richmond. We both work on you it. You work together. it with Richmond, yeah. too. And the color copy is the color copy of the <laughs> Actually, we don't really use the color copier for this one. We just use some colored paper. But it's, it's a very, very respected, old, and very useful journal for people who really want to know what's going on on, off, and off, off Broadway. Performing Arts Insider. At the website, performingartsinsider.com. And I hear you get a pretty good discount if they... Fabulous discount. If you, um, if you opt for the full season of Performing Arts Insider, that's 21 issues per year, 
Normally, that's $280, because it's a rather expensive journal, as Jeff chokes to death uh, for, for our entertainment. Um, for Dave's Gone By listeners, it's 199 Again, it's an expensive journal, but people do think it's worth it. So check it out at performingartsinsider.com. Performingarts.com. No, no, Insider. Performingartsinsider.com. Performingartsinsider. That doesn't quite work. No. What about fancy schmancy balloons, except you don't have a website. No. Why don't you have a website? I don't know. I'm just too tired. Yeah, but not too tired to really do a great party. What do you do? Oh, we we decorate all sorts of parties, from first birthday parties to bat mitzvahs to weddings to communions to graduation parties to Halloween parties to anything you want. You've got a party, we'll decorate it. And if you've got a party and you don't have time to plan it, we'll do that for you too. Party planning with Jeff Goodman, fancy schmancy balloons. What should people call? What's the number? I don't know. What is the number? 516-797-3229. Aren't you glad you got that memorized finally? Actually, I have it on my piece of paper. Here, but <laughs> <laughs> 516-797-3229. So you should have it on a piece of paper, too, out there. Will you give people a discount if they mention Dave's gone by? Absolutely. Okay. How we much should they give it? Uh, how's 20%? 20% this week. 20% off. So if really, if you're planning a party and you sign the contract this week, it could be big like a bat mitzvah. It can be small like an office party, a Halloween party. Fancy balloons. It's 516-797-3229. Okay, here's what we're doing on today's program. What are we doing on today's program, Dave? We have Inside Broadway. We're going to talk about Broadway news and what may be no Broadway news this That's coming right. week. That's right. Oh, yes. What I can tell you that. can fill in on that. I know the fun that actually happened today. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Good. That'll be in a little while. But first, we've got to talk to the wonderful and delightful and fun. And talented. Enough adjectives already for Jason Grah whom we will hear from in the neighborhood right after this message. Gravitas. Minuteman, the superheroes of photocopying, printing and binding. Minuteman, no job too big or small. Minuteman, family run since 1975. Minuteman, 1315 Broadway in Ulet, Long Island, next to the new low shoe store. Tell them they've sent you for 10% off. Minute Man, hero of our photocopying dreams. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By. And, uh, Obviously, anybody who listens to this show knows that, aside from the humor and some of the music and the topical stuff that we do, very, very interested and in love with the theater on this program and have a weekly Inside Broadway segment, and we try to bring in theater people and cabaret people as often as I can. Well, this particular person, our special guest tonight, has done both sides of that thing. He's done theater, and he's even a Drama Desk Award winner, or... um, and. Nominee. Oh, nominee. Oops. Oh, he's just a nominee? I oh. should have won, damn it. Yeah, no, he didn't win. I, I, I don't know if we'll even... Ca- well, we'll continue. You're already on the phone, so we might as well keep you. Um, but the interview. Also doing a lot of cabaret stuff. And the main thing is, if you know who he is, you know how to pronounce his name. G-R-A-A-E, which is pronounced Gra. Jason Gra. Welcome to the neighborhood. Nice, Dave. Nice intro. Thank now, you. Really wasn't a nice intro. I'm sorry. I could do better. No, but, it's great. Actually, you gave me more, you know, more kind of uh, credit than I'm worth. Oh, that's right. I, I gave you an award that was swiped award for you. <laughs> and for a show that was really quite enjoyable. He was in Hello, Mother, Hello, Fada. 
That's right. Uh, Off-Broadway, and you got a nice little uh, nod for that. You did win a 2006 Los Angeles Drama Critics Circle Award. It's true. What was that for? Uh, you know what? It was for my um, presence, my just me <laughs> being me. <laughs> well, now, I have to say, um, you said in the pre-interview here that you heard of me. I mean, you, you know my name, mm-hmm. which could be from a couple of different places. But well, I, I definitely I, have heard of your show. Oh, wow. But well, I also feel that I, I've... Uh, you said, do you remember how you know me? Okay. And I said, did we sleep together? And, and then you said, no. That's hi- highly unlike. Um, well, we didn't sleep. We did some other stuff. No, I'm kidding. Um, first of all, I'm amazed that you know of my show. I think that's delightful. I'm thrilled. Well, I've had some friends on it, like Christine Petty. Oh, yes. A very good friend of mine. She was delightful. Yeah. And there was somebody else I know, but I can't remember. Well, that, I'm so glad that the word is getting around about yeah. the program. But and I you may the have... other guests that you have had on here I knew, too. Like Fiber Schinkel. And I know you, you slept with him, so that's kind of a... No, I'm, I kid. Um... You may have heard of me because for about five years I also was the chief writer and editor of Playbill, um, the, the website. Uh-huh. So I don't make much of that because I have issues, but you've probably read my stuff or something like yeah, that. Absolutely. But that's not where you really first know me from. Okay. And it's where I first know you from. When you were just a little springling of an actor. I don't even know if that word is correct or exists. And what was your first musical that you did? Um, my first musical in uh, New York yeah. was Godspell. Oh, what year was that? At Equity Library Theater in 1981. Okay, and where were you before that? Before that, uh, let's see, I did... Uh, this is beyond thinking of me now. Believe it or not, we're actually shifting the conversation back to you. I rarely do that. Usually the show is about me, but um, in this particular case, okay, I'm, I'm nice winding to, up. It's nice of you to share the, the limelight just a little bit, Dave. Just a little, yeah. Um, well, I went to school at Cincinnati Conservatory uh-huh. of Music, and then I came to New York after that. So you didn't have a theater background. You had a musical background then. Well, it was a musical theater background, Dave. Oh, well. But, you know, at first <laughs> okay. I, was, uh, I was an oboe major at school at SMU in Dallas. You were an oboe major. I've never heard of it. Wow. True. It's true. And I, I uh, hated my oboe teacher, and I hated making the reeds. And you have to sit, and, you know, oboes have to make their own reeds. Clarinetists don't have to. And uh, but soon as some do, some don't. How do you make a? Re- what do you go to like a head shop and you get rolling papers? And oh, if it was only that fun, I'd still be an oboist. <laughs> but no, exactly. You have to. You do have to get little rolling papers for uh, or little cigarette papers or something to once the read is made to uh-huh. test it out. But no, you have to. Uh, you have to sh- send away for all this stuff. You have to. They, they ship you cane and they ship you these little corks. Oh, and uh, these little piping things, and you and thread, and a special kind of thread, and you sit there and wrap these little reeds, and you. They say that for every twenty reeds that you wrap for an oboe reed, uh, one is actually playable. Oh, for good. Yeah. Oh. So you can imagine this did not sit well for me. Like after orchestra and band practice at SMU, my first year in Dallas, Texas, and. The whole like band would go out afterwards for beers, and I had to go back to my dorm room to make reads. I didn't think so. Well, reading is fundamental, you know. So <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, so you gave up the oboe quick, didn't you? I did. I gave it up really quick, and um, I uh, 
transferred to Cincinnati, actually where I was going to double major in oboe and musical theater, but my oboe teacher that I hated from SMU transferred to Cincinnati the same year I transferred. Oh, no. So uh, I took that as a sign to put down the oboe and pick up the score to Hello, Dolly. Okay. So I became a musical theater major. And did you ever play Dolly Levi? Or? I haven't yet. I, haven't. I can see you being Cornelius, um, you know, the, the kid, the young... The young Barnaby? Yeah. I auditioned for Barnaby, you know, when I got to New York, and that was one of my first auditions, and Kevin Wright beat me out of it. Who, who did? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Kevin Wright was his name. And hmm. I was very bitter about it, and now I hear Kevin's teaching school in Ohio. <laughs> and, and you're I'm still... Dave. You're still there, you know, <laughs> and you're... <laughs> Um, I'm still here. You're still here. Now, after, now we go back to 1981, and you were doing, as you said, Godspell. Right. And then after Godspell, what did you do? Um, I see. I did a show at Goodspeed, Opera House. Uh, all right. Bloomer Girl. Okay. Were you and the Bloomer Girl? No, I'm kidding. I was definitely not. And, uh, <laughs> and um, then, I think this might be what you're getting at. Yes. I did, sadly, do black patent leather shoes really reflect up. Why sadly? Well, it didn't last very long. Oh, okay, but it was Broadway, wasn't it? It was my Broadway debut. Uh-huh. And that part was really exciting. Is this, where, is this how we know each other? Nope. You're close, but no, it wasn't a flop. Okay. We know each other from a hit. Oh. Okay. Wow, you really... I thought I was one of the more memorable characters in people's lives, and this is such a depressing moment for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, not that you're depressing for me. You're, you're absolutely delightful. And I remembered that, too. I remember of all the folks involved in the whole process of a show that you haven't mentioned yet. Okay. Uh, you were one of the most cheerful and sweet and nice folks. Aside so it had from to talented. be Snoopy. No, it's not Snoopy. And who would you play, Snoopy? Yeah. No, well, I can see you with Snoopy. Okay. Uh, well, so this is a good way of telling all the folks what you've been in, by the way. Wow, yeah. but it's a little probably mundane. Wait a sec. So, oh. I'm just trying to think. Crosstown Bus? Crosstown? I don't know. Well, there was a show called Crosstown Bus. Okay, well, I took it once. Okay. <laughs> I took it and had a great time. I used the transfer. I did everything properly. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a hit. <laughs> Um, Think in terms of the mid-1980s. Okay, the mid-1980s. Okay, I did a show at the uh, WPA Feathertop, uh-huh. uh, which I loved. The okay. Criticians. And um, Just So? No, you're just so wrong about that. No, nope, okay. that's not how you know me. <laughs> now we're getting into the mid-80s. Yes, yes. 84, 85, 86, 87. Okay, Stardust? No, but I did see you in that on Broadway. Okay. And that was that was also a short-lived... It was a tribute to... Was it Van Usen? Who was the... Um, uh, Mitchell Parrish. Mitchell Parrish, sorry. He wrote Stardust and, and um, you know, Stars Fell in Alabama and Moonlight Serenade and, and all those things. It was a great... It was like a huge hit off Broadway. And then um, we moved it to Broadway and it wasn't as huge a hit. But, you know, I think we got three months of work out. Okay. Boy, Dave, you've really, you've stumped me. You well, no, I was I see the reason I did this, and and it's also not like I'm trying to dip into some of the real weird, obscure, and good speedy things. I mean, obviously, Stardust was on Broadway and Leather Shoes, but I thought this was one of the this would be right up there with the hits that you remember. Olympus on my mind. Thank you. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> Took us only, what was it, 10 minutes so far? Well, um, Olympus on My Mind was a great experience. Well, I'm glad it was. I loved it. It was actually kind of my first uh, hit show that I was ever in. Exactly, dude. Okay. Did you move with it to Broadway, or were you just in the off-Broadway? Well, I was in the off-off-Broadway, and then I moved with it to off-Broadway. Okay. At Broadway prices. No, what did they call <laughs> Broadway at off-Broadway <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, what did you do on it? I believe it or not, and I was completely, well, the word would not be miscast, misplaced, but I was the box office kid, the, the sort of box office guy who was selling tickets on the phone, seating people, and trying to keep people cool in a non-air-conditioned theater in the middle of July. And we were feeding them popsicles and, and like, running the air conditioner in intermission because we had to turn it off during the show because it was too loud and drowning everything out. Are you shorter than me? Um, this is the one question you want to ask. Am I shorter? Yes. I'm shorter than a lot of people. Okay. Um, and were you manning the bar as well? We had a bar? Well, yes, yes, it was a non-alcoholic bar. We, I had to get soda. We used it to go to the Nazarene super... Church. Um, no, it was at the Actors Playhouse on 120 West 28th Street. Oh, oh, at the Actors Outlet. Outlet, excuse me. You weren't at the Lambs. No, I, no, I didn't transfer with it to the Lambs. Uh, you know, I kind of had an out-of-body experience at the Actors Outlet. It was a really peculiar experience. Why? If I see... Well, you know, we did the workshop of Olympus on my mind. It was called Heaven on Earth. Okay. Remember that? Yeah, well, that was one of the main songs in the show. Yeah. Heaven on Earth, heaven on Earth. And we, uh, we did a workshop of it, and it's like, it was not a great hit. Then they rewrote the whole thing. We did all these backers auditions, and they wrote a character for Faith Prince in it. And they kind of added this subplot of this uh, girlfriend, non, like a non-talented uh, girlfriend of the producer of Olympus on My Mind, and they added this funny character, and all of a sudden the show just, like, came to life. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I lost you there for a minute. Oh, you lost me? Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden the show what? Oh, all of a sudden the show came to life. Once they added yeah. the character for Faith Prince, it went, it went great. And, uh, but we were so kind of convinced that the show was going to be a turkey, so it was a very kind of distressing experience, like the rehearsals, and we didn't know if her character was going to work, and nobody kind of knew. And then all of a sudden we opened, and it was just this big hit, and it was really exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. How could I forget you? It was a good... You don't, you don't even remember me now. That's what's good. <laughs> well, I'm sure that I will. But, yeah, no, we okay. weren't there very long, and I think I was making like a dollar fifty a week. Or I was, yeah, like was making a dollar twenty-five or something. <laughs> <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was kind of you know people were as you said people expected it to be a flop, so maybe that's why the vibe was not good was until good. like you know the reviews came out, and then suddenly you know people started showing up. And it was like oh my gosh, yeah. And then even then the vibes weren't good, but probably got a lot better when it transferred. Well, it did, because then we were making, I think, you know, then we started making like $600 a week or something, which, you know, for me, it was a million dollars a week at that point. But um, I remember one day I was going to work, it was during the previews, and I was going to work down on 28th Street, and there were all, do you remember this? There were all these fire trucks on 28th Street, and I was praying that the theater had burnt down. Oh, my God! It was that tough an experience. That was really, it was a very tough experience. Well, I was, I, I thought I was, like, in the middle of it. I was so shielded from whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you, you escaped it all. And but then, you know, then it opened, and then once it was a hit, it was great. Then we moved to the Lambs. It was very exciting. We were all making money. Everybody felt good about their lives, and it was fun to go work. I love the Lambs Theater. It was yeah. a great place. But I, then the kind of scandalous thing was that, you know, it was also a Nazarene church. And... uh 
but it's Nazarene, right? I think yeah. it's Nazarene. Something and, like um, that. It's a tame show, though. It was well, but it said there was a big uh, quote underneath. Uh, you know, when you walked into the theater, uh, and it said it was like hanging from the marquee. It said "naughty musical comedy fun," New York Times. Yeah. And there was actually a big article um, about how they were all praying that our show would close because they thought this was so risque that we were having kind of this musical theater sex romp at this, uh, you know, sacred church. Um, so they were disappointed. You know, I think the show ran like nine months there or something like that. Um, well, yeah, that's you get in bed with a whatever. I mean, I, I'm married now, and my wife uh, is has very strong issues about where she's going to be teaching. She just got her PhD. Mm. And there are certain universities of a Catholic or, or a Christian bent that she has very serious reservations about if she were ever to go to teach there because she could only speak her mind to some extent about certain issues. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be censored as a teacher. She doesn't feel she should be. Yeah. But if you go to any school with a saint before its name, you know, or <laughs> or a father something before its name. Yeah, it's pretty specific. Yeah, the, the rules are, are kind of tight. Anyway, that's what I wanted to get to about the whole... Um, Olympus on my mind thing. So that's where we reunited. met a few times. Now, where were you since then? I mean, I, I kind of know, but then you started really getting into the cabaret scene just as much as the theater scene. Uh, well, yeah. You know, I, I actually really got into the... Ca- I, I started doing shows at Rainbow and Stars. Um, remember all those great shows they did? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, Steve Paul and... Oh, awful, I'm having a moment, a uh, midlife moment. Um, what was his name? Greg something. Anyway, they Burge? Were... Uh, Greg Burge, maybe? Or no? No, but I love him. Um, no, he was a producer, and the two of them produced these, these reviews at Rainbow and Stars. And I did one of the first ones. It was a Rogers and Hart show with Elaine Stretch, Ooh. Margaret Whiting, and Judy Kuhn. Holy, holy cow. I know, and I was the referee. <laughs> and uh, wait, 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 wait! All right, now, 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 now—you can't just lay, say that and leave it there. Was it tense backstage, or were they all really lovable and supportive? Well, I won't say it was warm and cuddly. Okay. Uh, the rehearsal period, but um, once we opened, and everybody saw that the show was like something really spectacular, um, it was truly one of the greatest experiences of my life. Oh, um, wonderful! Yeah, it was to, to work with those three women. Um, you know, Margaret Whiting singing Bewitched was, you know, it was flawless. I mean, you know, she, she no one does that style these days, and, and she owns it. And it was just phenomenal to get to see that every night and to see Elaine Stritch. And I had a duet with her. We sang a song from On Your Toes. And she did this um, version of uh, Ten Cents a Dance, like she was in an insane asylum or something. And oh. it, was, it was wild. But uh, and Judy Kuhn and I just kind of held on to each other for dear life. But um, it was it was an incredible experience. You felt like you were you felt like you were at a party at Cole Porter's house or something in the forties. You know. Wow. And, uh, and it was really great. And I and everybody was very well behaved and very decent and uh, and you know I, it was a great experience. And then I did another one with Kay Ballard. I did an Irving Berlin show with uh, Kay and uh, Liz Calloway and Ron Raines and. We just have well, Ron Rings, again, an Olympus on my mind alumnus. So there yes, you go. That's right. Um, and my dad. Now he's a soap star. Yeah.
Applause, applause. Nothing I know brings on the glow like sweet applause. You're thinking you're through. That nobody cares. Then suddenly you hear it starting. Then somehow you're in charge again, and it's a ball. Trumpets all sing, life seems to swing, and you're the king of it all, 'cause you had a taste of. The sound that says love. Applause, applause, applause. Why, look who's here! It's Al Johnson. It makes you feel brand new again. Applause, applause. Why, it's Tallulah. Nothing in town, darling, brings actors down like no applause. It drives me crazy. Ah, ah, ah. Why, it's Judy. You're catching the flu. Your bank account's bare. You're lonely and broke. What's that like, though? Then you hear it. Thank you, Bobby Darren. And all at once you know again what life is for. Cares disappear soon as you hear that happy audience roar. Johnny Mathis. Had a taste of the sound that says love. Applause, applause, applause. Le clap, le clap. Trumpets all sing, life seems to swing them back, and you're the king of it all. A taste of the sound that says love. Applause, 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 applause. Out there in Radio Land, this is Jason Graw. Perhaps you've heard of me. I'm a famous cabaret singer, even though that's a bit of an oxymoron.、Um, but I am not a moron, and I'm telling you to tune in to WGBB. Dave's gone by. Tune in now. In retrospect, do you prefer doing theater or cabaret, or do you really like mixing them up? I really do like mixing them up. I I have to say, you know, I live in Los Angeles now. And、um, you know, I've been doing a lot of cabaret concert work, right? And、uh, I've been doing a lot of TV out here, which is great fun. And I like the residual checks a lot.、Um, I am getting a little spoiled about, like, you know, this summer I had to do eight shows a week,、um, and it was like, God, this is a hard schedule. You know, we did like one of those、uh, Saturdays, two shows、yeah. on Saturdays, and then two shows on Sunday. I thought. I did this for 15 years, you know, and I still love doing it. And、uh, I do enjoy in the theater that you don't have to drum up your own business and and worry about you know people coming there and you can blame the material if it doesn't go well. You know, there are certain、uh, definite advantages. Now, when you said that you're 
amazingly enough, living in L.A., your career then is also doing, I mean, this, this I had no idea about this until I Wikipedia'd you or, or wherever your bio was, but you are apparently the Lucky Charms leprechaun. Well, Dave, I was. Oh, no! Yes. You aged out of leprechauniness? I did not age out of it. Well, what happened? I definitely did not age out of it. I don't think one does age out of leprechaunism, hey. except from the guy that did it, and then I replaced him. It was the same guy for 35 years or something. Well, Arnold Stang did the B for Cheerios for, for God knows, like five decades or something, until oh, finally... No, he never has to work again. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Well, especially in his, in his 90s, I think, so he ain't gonna... So, oh, but you were the luck. Can, can you yes, say? I was. Can you say the the thing the the magically delicious or whatever you used to say, in in your way? Let me eight magical marshmallow shape. It's magically delicious. Thank Bravo. you. Thank you both. Yeah. That was actually a better performance than I've ever seen you giving anything. I'm, I'm moved. I'm touched. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't denigrate your other performances. It just means that's how special better. that that really was. I don't know, Dave. You just really inspire me to do my best work. <laughs> about you. So, well, you know, yeah. what happened was I, I, did the, I got the job in New York and then I was doing the voice in New York and it was great because there were like four commercials a year because they would keep introducing a new shape, you know, <laughs> keep the kids interested in new shape. So I did inaugurate the rainbow and the pot of gold shape. And um, <laughs> anyway, then I moved to uh, L.A. and they were, I would do my part in L.A. and the kids were in New York. They would phone patch me in. Uh-huh. All the clients, the director, the kids were all in the studio in New York, and then I was in L.A., and I would do my part there, and it was like crazy, the miracle of modern science. Absolutely. And then a whole new crew came in, and they wanted me to fly back to New York to do the gigs, and I was doing the uh, Los Angeles production of Ragtime out here for a year, hmm. and I couldn't fly back, so I had to let Lucky go. Oh. It was an unlucky time of my life, because now I only eat. <laughs> and I hope you mean the cereal, but you know... I really do. <laughs> well, we only have about a minute left with the wonderful Jason Grot. And by the way, you are immediately and automatically invited to return. Um, there's no question about Thank that. Thank you. It was just the tip of the iceberg, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. But, but a hilarious and marvelous tip. It's like the foreskin of the iceberg, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Which has already made me forget my last um, question. Oh, my God. Well, now you're currently... I'm so close to you. You're going to be at Birdland. Yes. Um, on October... Oh, sorry? Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Birdland. Yes. And actually, I'm not a jazz singer. But you're, you'll do your usual cabaret. What are some of the songs that you're doing in your, your show now? Well, I'm doing, uh, yes, I'll be at Birdland, what is it, the 21st and 22nd of October. Correct. And, uh, which is uh, a week from tonight and tomorrow, actually. And um, I am going to be, this is my show called Gras Anatomy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. You've also done Coup de Gras, and what else have you done with them? Coup de Gras, Gras Anatomy, and, and this is my third, actually. The other one was an evening of self-indulgence. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. It was what? An evening of self-indulgence. Oh, I love it. Thank you. And uh, it's really, that's what a cabaret act really is, isn't it? Pretty much. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, and people, if you uh, see the cover on the CD um, that they sent me, there's one that you did at the Cine Grill. I have that one at home. And then uh, the press people, I think Susan Schulman was kind enough to send me the CD of um, one of your covers. And you were at the gym for about a year before that cover, I assume. 
No, I was just born that way, Dave. <laughs> There's a lot of airbrushing, actually. If you want to see Jason Gra airbrushed in a very interesting manner, well, <laughs> place man, the, what is the name of that man CD? Man being the operative word. Well, yeah. What's, what's the, um, the name of that CD? I don't have it in front of me. So, uh, so You're never fully dressed without a smile. And does that lead us to a place where people can buy that? Like, do you have a website and stuff? I do have a website, although it's funny. It doesn't connect into my... It's on... Uh, I don't... Uh, you have to go to Finsworth Alley. It was it was recorded on Vareth Saraband. I don't know. I think it's still on Amazon. And if you go to the uh, FinsworthAlley.com or something, it's available there. Very cool. And, and of course, people can go see Jason at Birdland. Yeah, you were going to say some of the songs that you were... Oh, yes. Yeah, so well, I'm doing uh, uh, songs by uh, John Bacchino. Mm-hmm. And um, who I just think is a miracle of modern composing, and um, Jerry Herman, uh, because I've been spending a lot of time with Jerry Herman these days, so I'm uh, got some stories about him, and I'm singing a song from the Grand Tour. How's, how is Jerry doing, by the way? He's doing really well. We were just at the Kennedy Center, but uh, two weeks ago, <clears throat> he's really doing quite well. And uh, there's a, a documentary that's coming out on PBS in the winter. Uh, called Words and Music, and it's absolutely spectacular, and not just because I'm in it. But <laughs> okay. It's just one of those things where it's just like he speaks so candidly, and there's all this amazing footage from his old shows, and it's so thrilling to hear. It's, it, you really do wish it would just go on for five hours. Wow. So much, so much information. But enough about Jerry Herman. Let's get back to what this interview is about. Oh, Me. That's right. Yeah. How we know each other. <laughs> well, I think we've, we've, we've definitely traversed that. What else are you doing besides the cabaret stuff? And, and is there some place we can catch you on TV? Or are you going to be rehearsing for a show show? Well, I've been doing a lot of operas the, uh, the last Opera. couple of years. Opera. So I have nothing coming up on TV except for reruns. Um, I did three episodes on Six Feet Under, which was like, you know really quite exciting because I don't know if you love that show but yeah I just I, I, I saw the whole thing from like renting it from the library because I oh, didn't really? catch it on the regular thing. so wh- which character uh, were you God oh, thanks for remembering me um, yeah well it was a few months ago when I watched it okay maybe you were tipping the brewski a little bit <laughs> probably I was a little too many Oduleses <laughs> they really have a kick don't they yeah 15 of them so but wait were you, you were in a corpse then because you were on three episodes what were yeah. you I was, uh, do you remember when uh, um, David, Michael C. Hall, um, joined the Los Angeles Gay Men's Chorus? Right, yes, yes, you were in that group, I, I remember. Was, well, I was the conductor. I played Dennis, who was the conductor of the Gay Men's Chorus. A little pissy and um, a little uh, over the top, but um, I think I can tap into those emotions pretty easily. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, a couple of things are going on in the studio, which means that I have to let you go. Jason. Well, I'm so glad that you you held on to me in the first place. Oh, let me go. <laughs> it's let been an absolute go. pleasure and an absolute joy. And as I said, seriously, because we really did just scratch the foreskin of the iceberg. <laughs> so thank you. Thing foreskin, it's just so. I don't know. It's just really unnerving and yet slightly provocative. Well, there you go. That that's the nature of this program. <laughs> Jason Groth, thanks so much for being in the neighborhood. Thank you for having me in the neighborhood. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Performing Arts.
Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the great Bible of Broadway for 64 and, and almost 65 years. It's time for it to retire. I think not. <laughs> not for years and years and years. In fact, we're keeping it going. It's bigger and better than ever. It really, really is. It's, it's, uh, the magazine doesn't it's even look just resemble. voluminous. Well, yeah, it was. The last issues were 68 pages, I think, or 60. Please remind me, I have a copy for you today. Because okay. I pay for it. Well, you're a subscriber. Thank you very much. Why? Because you use it. Because Performing Arts Insider tells you what you need to know about the New York theater scene, Jeff Goodman. Anyway, this is Jeff Goodman with me, Dave Lefkowitz, here on Dave's Gone By, doing the Inside Broadway segment all about what's happening on the stages. Dave, what's happening on the stages of Broadway these days? Well, tell you what, let's, let's go through all the, the, the Littler stuff, and then we'll discuss the big... Littler? Like Hitler? No, well, <laughs> well, we're, no, we don't have any Mel Brooks news this, this week, so it's not going to be Young Frankenstein or, or Producers News. So, no Hitler news this week, as far as Broadway <laughs> is concerned. <laughs> However... I didn't know Hitler made an appearance in Young Frankenstein. Uh, no, he doesn't, does he? That's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Okay. Anyway, um, let's see. Just in case you thought Broadway wasn't gay enough, who's going to be joining Spamalot? Oh, well, he's not gay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay, sure. Okay. um, Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken. The Claymates are going to be seeing it now. Oh, is that what they call themselves, the Claymates? Yeah. Crying out loud. Well, anyway, he will see, he will play Sir Robin, the the very very brave and brave, brave bold Sir Robin, who personally wet himself at the Battle of Baden Hill. He starts <laughs> in January on Broadway in Spamalot. Also off Broadway, um, as if that weren't gay enough. Well, well, this is someone who kind of reversed the old cliche of ballet people being gay, because you're not going to find someone more macho and, and good with women than Mikhail Baryshnikov has been. And he's going to be in four Samuel Beckett one-act plays. Really? Directed by Joanne Akalaitis. And they're going to be done at New York Theatre Workshop starting in early December. I love the New York Theatre Workshop. I don't. I do. Sometimes they they do some interesting good work, and sometimes I'm a little, you know, like, what the hell are they doing? That's where started. That's where what? Rent started. Oh, that's why you love New York. That was a long time ago. I love a lot of stuff that comes out of there. What have you seen recently? Um, Honestly. Uh, recently, the past couple of years, nothing. But before that, I've seen... I don't remember the names of the shows, but they're always really interesting. Well, I like when they were they had uh, Five Lesbian Brothers there. Mm-hmm. They, that was kind of their home for a bit, and, I, and they did very, very good work. Well, the thing I like about New York Theatre Workshop is that they don't just produce plays. They, they, they let the plays develop. True. You know, they really develop it from, from idea to... from yeah. germ to... Yeah, what, what really broke it for me with them about two years ago is they were the ones who were initially going to produce My Name is Rachel Corey, about yes. that girl who was Israeli Jewish and then went to Israel and got hooked on the Palestinian cause and then got flattened by an Israeli steamroller, good for her. So, um, and they got all these kinds of hate letters and they ended up not doing the play. Somebody else did. The yeah. other producer stepped in, bastards. So... And then New York Theatre Workshop decided to make up for it by doing Palestinian plays last season or, or doing a couple of Arab things. I'm like, the hell with them. But, but hey, I'm publicizing them. Barishnikov's going to be there. You know who's co-starring in the Beckett plays? Karen Kandel. A Who the heck is brilliant actress. She was in the um, Peter and Wendy that was done um, a few times. They, come, they keep bringing it back to New York because it's so marvelous of that uh, troupe. Oh, what, what is the... Um, Mabu Mines. 
oh. this beautiful thing called Peter yeah. Wending. She plays the mother. She plays Peter. She plays all the characters. And oh, it was okay. a, a, a performance bordering on genius. It was magnificent. Oh, okay. So she's a fine, fine actress. Anyway. And I remember Bershnikov did Metamorphosis. On Broadway, yeah. So he, was, he's trying to expand his, his range a little good bit. Good for him. And this is, again, early December to January 20th at New York Theater Workshop off-Broadway for so Samuel West Beckett Place. West 4th, isn't it? East 4th. All the way east, near La Mama. Um, right across from <coughs> La Mama, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, now, going back to Broadway, for mm-hmm. some Broadway news, a musical is coming back. Da, 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 the man who gave us Wicked, before he did Wicked, oh, many, yes, many years. Yes. They're bringing back Godspell in summer 2008. Stephen Schwartz is a nice Jewish boy, his first claim to fame. This was uh, before Pippin, right? Yeah. So it was his really first big show. Uh, Daniel, before he had magic to do. I, right, exactly. Um, <coughs> Daniel Goldstein directed the show. He was working it day show. by day. Yeah. He directed the show at Paper Mill Playhouse last year, and so they brought him in. He apparently did a really interesting version. And since Paper Mill Playhouse almost went bankrupt doing it, <laughs> they said, oh, let's bring it to <laughs> They probably, well, Children of Eden probably helped bankrupt them, not, uh, not mm-hmm. this one. Anyway, uh, the show first played in 1976 <coughs> as a transfer from off-Broadway. It moved to Broadway. It was a big hit. Did you know that the original Toronto version of Godspell, listen to who was in this cast. Because you know, I think of it as a, like a, a goofy gospel music with some, some good numbers, like a, a pre- or maybe post-Jesus Christ. Well, my friend Lynn Thigpen was in it. In the Toronto... Uh, I don't know if she was in on Broadway. Well, she was the company of Godspell. Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Gilda Radner, it's like the Dave the Thomas, Thomas, and Martin Short. It was all the Second City people, was, a couple of Saturday Night Livers. No, it was, it was um, not the Second City people. Yeah, yeah, well, yes. the, yeah Toronto Second City, City yeah. yeah. Uh, and Gilda Radner. I mean, I was like, whoa, I would have liked to have seen... No wonder it was a hit. Yeah. Because the movie, I, I like... Okay, what the hell is this? Well, that was a terrible movie. Uh, so, have you I, seen the show? Yes. Is it a good... No, I don't enjoy it, though. I'm not a big fan of Godspell. Oh. But a lot of people love it. So, maybe this one will be the... Well, you know what it is. It's like so for people it's the same I don't like yeah. Superstar being Jewish. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't get the, to the heart is of me. Is that it, really? Is that it's true? very religious. Oh, yeah. As, well, okay, yeah. What about... Well, do you have that problem with Joseph and the Amazing? Because that's First Testament. We can relate to that one. No, I am fine with that. Hmm. See, Jesus Christ Superstar is great music. That is a really. I like it, but it's, it's like I'm not like moved by it that much. You know. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to be moved by Jesus dying on the cross either. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. So, I mean, but, but God's still far exceed is far more annoying to me than than Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And I'm not a big fan of Superstar either. Well, well, we'll see if if. Daniel, Daniel Goldstein, the director, will make the difference for this upcoming Godspell in the summer of 2008. And then we have a Broadway show that's opening this coming week on Thursday. It's a revival of an off-Broadway show, its first appearance on Broadway, the one-man show, A Bronx Tale. Chaz yeah, Palmentary's yeah. solo that made his career. First he did it oh, off-Broadway, yeah. huge hit. Robert De Niro saw it. And, uh, you know, because he had gotten offers. I, I saw... a commentary yeah. on TV talking about this. And he's like, every studio... Every studio it. wanted it, but they didn't want to cast him in it. Right. And then Robert De Niro said, oh, boy, this is your story. you gotta, you got to appear in it. And De Niro helped produce it. And the movie helped make Palminteri's career as an actor. And he's been doing it ever since. So now he's going back to his the roots. drawing board. His roots. Broadway's Walter Kerr Theater, directed by Jerry Zaks, and opening October 25th, 
a Bronx Tale. It's a very limited engagement, so get your tickets now. Yeah. It's, it's, it has been, because something else is going into the world to occur. Yeah, I don't remember why. It might be the um, that musical, the, the William Finn, or... Uh, I don't think I forgot, but it's, it's booked for the spring. Okay. Um, also... We, we have a couple of people died this week. We're going to talk about two of them a little later on. But we do have to mention uh, Deborah Carr, who died... From here to eternity. Yeah, October 16, 2007. And more importantly for us, for Inside Broadway people, she was Anna in the movie version yes. of The King and I. She died at age... But she didn't eight. sing it. Did she, she didn't sing it. No, it was Barney Nixon, yeah. got, who also did My Fair Lady dubbing. She died at age 86 uh, after suffering from Parkinson's disease. Yes, she was the girl kissing uh, Burt Lancaster, the famous kissing from here to eternity. And she was nominated for an Oscar six times, never won, until they gave her an honorary Oscar in 1994. Um, she was born in Scotland, and she became a ballerina, but then decided to switch to acting when she was in the United Kingdom. And she was in Night of the Iguana with Richard Burton. Really? And Tea and Sympathy and Seascape on Broadway. So She was in Seascape? Yeah. I don't know if she was the first... Kathy. It had to be, because they only, I mean, the first run was very short with Frank Langella, and then and then the second one was just recently. Yeah. So she had to be the original on Seascape. Yeah, I, I, I should check uh, the Broadway database for that. But anyway, that's, so farewell to Deborah Carr. Who, Bye, who Debbie. Bye, Debbie. See you now, later. we may have to be saying farewell for at least a, a period of little time to Broadway musicals. Well, I can give you an update on this. Please. Well, first, before you update, tell the situation, and then give the update. You tell the situation. Situation is... You want to know about the situation so bad? Well, the past three weeks, as, as the newspapers have reported, Broadway producers and the stagehands, you know, the guys who put it all together... Put it together, bit yeah, by bit. Bit by bit, that's what they do. They move things around, they, they get the, yeah. the job done so that the show can go on. Well... They've been fighting and feuding over contracts that well, are expired. They just haven't had a few contract for a while. Yeah. And they want to. They're, they're fighting over job security, basically. That's the big it's a sticking point. So you know, the producers want the the, the producers want to hire as many as they want, and the, the union wants them to hire only what they say. Well, the union wants people, even if they're not working, to right. be hired. I never. I still do not understand that. Yeah. I say just raise raise the wage of people who are working. Right. Give them better benefits, you know, and, and I say, don't well, pay people you know, not to work. Well, they also they also want people to work overtime. They also are saying they want people to work a certain number of people, and they make them work so so few people, so they work overtime and get they make more money. You know, yeah. Well, also, I mean, apparently, stagehands make a pretty good living. Oh yeah. I thought I didn't realize they could make almost six figures or more. So. You know, I, that, oh, yeah. that was a surprise to me. Anyway, so what is the latest? So the latest is they did vote for a strike, but they haven't set a date yet. But the union has been hinting around the holidays. Oh, so it won't necessarily be this week. It might be close no, to Thanksgiving. No, or no, it's not this week for sure. Oh, hmm. So the shows will go on this week. Yeah. But they, they, the union voted and they voted for a strike. Mm-hmm. But they, they have not. They didn't have a specific date. Right. Set so. They'll strike, they just don't know when. Well, yeah, but also the producers apparently are, this week is when the producers are going to say, you know what, well, we Well, the Needlelanders already came in. To whom? To the union. They, they, the Needlelanders agreed to, um, to the contracts. They agreed to not abide by what the League of Theaters and Producers would say on this issue. 
So if there is, you know, they'll stand. If there by. is a strike, most likely not against Needlelander Theaters. Hmm. Okay. Or producers or whatever. <laughs> right. Well, so oh, then, so then they are safe from it, but they're. Well, now as are the not-for-profit things like Roundabout and. Um, right, and, and are non-musicals affected? Yeah, of course. Oh, so they so those would be. Um, Every th- the roundabout and Manhattan Theater Club. So anything at the Biltmore, uh, yeah. Like uh, so, so what are those shows that? Um, well, Pygmalion would not be affected. Isn't, I don't think. isn't the one about the stamp collecting women? Yeah, Mauritius would not be affected. Wow, people didn't see Mauritius now. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, I mean they're all going go on strike already. We could fill back our house. Yeah, it would be a boon for those few theaters that really need a little Studio uh, Fifty Four for the Ritz. Oh yeah, and. Uh, that would probably go up to like 90, 100%. And it's a good show, so people should see that. Excellent show. So. Told you so. So do you think there's going to be a strike? Or are they gonna, um, if it's not going to be to the holidays, do you think? I think they're really going to push it to the holidays, and then they're gonna, they may strike, but it's going to be very short. I can't imagine the producers are going to want to go dark over the holidays. Right. Yeah, I mean, the producers meaning the actual producer with a small P, let alone... Well, the producers on Broadway is closed. Yeah, that's right, so... <laughs> They're on strike for a long, long time. Yeah. And I'm, sorry, I'm in the middle of, like, changing a disc here, so I'm, I'm half listening and half, like... Well, they should not do that. They don't, they're not here. They're listening to you. Yeah, that's they true. They think you're paying 100% attention to them. I'm focused. But, it, obviously, it's I who only love our listeners, not you. Oh, stop that. Well, anyway, it is midnight on WGBB AM 1240, WGBB Freeport. Which means it's almost gospel time. That's right, but we have to wrap up the show first. So let's come out of Inside Broadway, do a little wrap-up stuff, and then we well, can, yeah. can we? I think you should announce the other two people who passed away. Well, we're going to do that in the in the wrap up. Okay. Thing. So let's get through the commercials, and we'll as I said, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. We've just been inside Broadway, thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. We are back with the closing moments of Dave's Gone By. Oh, it's always sad, the closing moments. I know, I know. But we, we try to extend them a little bit so we can get all our stuff in. Let's very quickly thank our sponsors, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, The Bible of Broadway. Hewlett Miniman Press. Which um, is the are the copy kings of Broadway. And 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners on any copy job. And right across from Lomans and next door to Lomans. Shoes. Yeah, you're, you're almost doing more of a, a commercial for Lomans than you are for, for Hewlett Minuteman Press. So everybody, go to Minuteman Press for all your copies and bindings and your printing copy jobs. Needs. Yeah. Fancy schmancy balloons for all your party needs. And there was a special discount this week, but I forgot what it 20%. was. 20%. 20% for your party, for your balloons, your decorations, your centerpieces. Call Jeff at 516-797-3229. Was that 516-797-3229? Yeah, I think so. And get, you know what? While we're talking, get out a pen and paper, because we're going to be telling you... We always do this at the end of the show. We, we tell you a whole bunch of stuff, and we're, we're throwing it out at you. Get your pen and paper ready so that you know... Or press, re- press record on your... Stereophonic. Oh, your iPod thingy, yeah. And MortgagesRock.com. MortgagesRock.com, the place where you can get mortgages for yourself and also loans for the people Do that you know about. MortgagesRock.com. MortgagesRock.com. Okay. Um, reminders, first of all, that you can always hear a bunch of vintage Dave's Gone By episodes at TheaterPod.com. That's theater with an E-R, Pod.com. There are 25 episodes there. You can listen to them for free, anytime, night or day, on your computer. They sound great. Theaterpod.com. Also, don't miss 
Dave's Gone By on TV. Fridays, 7.30 in the morning on Woodbury Cable. That's the Wait, regular so we're cable. taping it right now. We're, we're, we're doing it on TV. Hello. Channel 20, well, 7.30 Friday morning. So this past one, the sound was a little distorting. I don't know why. I enjoyed the sound distortion. It's better, it's better when you can't understand yeah. what I'm actually saying. But it's a cool thing. We just take some of the old shows and newer ones, take segments of them, and you can hear them on TV while you're having your breakfast. Well, it's better than Friday morning. But you know, it's better than Friday mornings or Wednesday mornings. Why is that? What's our There's Wednesday another show. 7.30 in the morning, Channel 20, Wednesday mornings. Shalom. Damn it, Rabbi Saul Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour, A Television Miracle. If you haven't seen it so far, people who thought they hated the rabbi like this show. It's a little bit of that stuff that gets stuck in your throat. It's a huh ch- ch- stuff. No, on TV. Yeah. Believe it or not, I mean, people who like the rabbi love the show. So check it out, Wednesday morning, 7.30. And people who hate the rabbi? Well, I, I said, I said they, they actually like the program. Um, that there's, it's just, it's not what they expected. It's, it's actually gotten some really great feedback. We thought it was going to be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So anything less than horrible is, is really a pleasant surprise. And if you, you can't wait until Wednesday or you don't have this particular cable vision, you can watch the first four episodes on YouTube. Well, uh, half of the fifth episode is up there. Not, not the whole fifth episode is up there yet. At YouTube.com, just look for Shalom Dammit, D-A-M-M. I.T. Shalom, damn it. And I think you'll get a bunch of kicks tell the people who are waiting for gospel. And I'm telling you, by the way, the, f- the fifth episode is the Halloween episode. It's going to be magic. It's just going to be absolutely great. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful, actually. <laughs> no, beautiful. I get it, but Jude, anyway. Um, also, every Thursday night at 9.30 on this radio station, AM 1240 WGBB, listen to Filler Up. It's an hour, or excuse me, it's a half hour of music that I play and select. Just a little half hour of music to kill time. So just pull up to your radio and fill her up. Yeah, fill her up. That's the show I do Thursday nights at 9.30 on WTVB. And also, I, I, speaking of YouTube, don't forget Jeff, Charlie, and myself on Two on the Isle. We have older episodes that you can watch on YouTube anytime. Just tube, whatever Google is called, Two on the Isle. I want to thank... Joyce Weil, my beloved and delightful and wonderful wife. Yeah, she's in Philadelphia. She can't hear you. Yes, that's true. I want to thank, of course, Jason Gra for being a... a he was wonderful. Guest. We love you, Jason. Thanks also to Susan L. Schulman for, for helping set up that interview. She's also wonderful, Susan. Now, in the next weeks coming up, next week we're going to have the amazing... Wait, wait, I have an idea. What? Let's have the amazing Kreskin on. Wow. You're, that's prescient. That's actually... How did you see into the future like mm-hmm. that? I'm impressed, man, because it's true. Next Sunday, the amazing Kreskin is going to be our guest. He's actually just Kreskin, but Carson dubbed him the amazing Kreskin, and the nickname stuck. So Kreskin is going to be, and he makes no bones about being like extraordinary powers or anything like that. He's an entertainer, and he's a tremendously entertaining speaker. Doesn't he speaker. spoons with his mind? That's your yeller. Oh. That's the other guy. Um, this is just Kreskin. And I think you'll find him a very big treat to listen to. That's next Sunday. And what else is special next Sunday? We'll also be highlighting some parts of Jeff's upcoming birthday. Because Jeff will be 49 or 50. No, he's the big 5-0 in two days or two? Tuesday, the following Tuesday. The following Tuesday. So we're mentioning it now, but it's really next week. We'll, we'll Send all your cards, letters, birthday. and gifts to the station at WGBB. 404 Route 109, West Babylon, 
I only have the zip code. 11704. 11704. And, and let's tell them again, send very expensive gifts and presents and birthday cards to 404 Route 109, Babylon. West Babylon, New York. West Babylon. 11704. Send them care of Dave's gone by. So, yeah, why, why not send Jeff a card or a letter if you like what he's doing, or a pipe bomb if you don't, no, I don't think you should do that. Anyway, also upcoming in the weeks ahead, Gerard Alessandrini, the creator, the, the brilliance behind Forbidden Broadway, and a delightful singer-songwriter named Athena Reich. Uh, really looking forward to some of these guests coming up. Now, before we go, I want to say a couple of quick farewells to some people that we lost in show business this week. We have to keep the, stop mispricing these people. I know. Well, Joey Bishop, the last, last, last of the original Rack Pack, died this week. He was um, hip-hopping his way up to heaven. <laughs> I think the last thing he was doing was hip-hopping, quite honestly. Probably, like, moving his flexible Dyna-hip. But, <laughs> but, but, but Regis said, there goes Joey. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was born in 1918. It's amazing to think people were still born that far back. Joseph Abraham Gottlieb was his, his actual name. J-A-J. And he died this past Wednesday. He was 89 years old. And he started as, really, was quoted as Sinatra's comic. He was the one Sinatra picked to kind of open for him. And then he became the Frown Prince. And, um, and then he found Regis. Well, his, his big mistake was taking on Carson, because he had a, a talk show that was up against Carson for about a year, and that didn't really happen for Bad him. Bad idea, Joey. But his career lasted. He was in, in Sugar Babies for a period on, on Broadway for a month or two. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so many of those um, actors of that period did a couple of weeks in Sugar Babies. I guess Mickey Rooney does take, does take a vacation, yeah. huh? So, anyway... Farewell to Joey Bishop. Farewell Mickey also... Mickey Rooney will fill in Joey Bishop's coffin soon, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Mickey's going pretty strong. Well, he has his commercials with his wife. Yeah. So, you know, she's, I think, I don't know, she's giving us some kind of hormones or something. Anyway, <laughs> I also want to say goodbye to Teresa Brewer. And I don't, unfortunately, have time to tell the Teresa Brewer story next next week. I hope you will. Well, no, it's just the fact my, my one brush with Teresa Brewer greatness, I'm going to tell the story badly because I'm going to tell it real quickly, is that she had a song called Music, Music, Music. And I have a very personal... Um, relationship to that song because I was in a band and we had various permutations of a band back. Well, I, it's hard to tell the story quickly. So we were paid to play at a backyard barbecue out in Long Island somewhere. But he wanted a country band. Keyword paid. But yeah, we were all getting paid, and we knew like five country songs, all by Hank Williams. And then as the guests got progressively happier and drunker, of course they wanted some requests. And we ended up doing Senat, 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 even though I knew only the word Senat, Senat, Senat to sing. And we had sang some other tunes. And later on, they let us do almost what we wanted. So we started doing the read numbers. And, and how does Teresa Brewer come into this? Well, one guy, Dr. I, I won't say his name. He's a nice Scott guy. Lee. Nice drunken guy. Dr. T, we'll call him. Um, was a little toasted. <laughs> and he requested Teresa Brewer's Music, Music, Music. Why? And he, told, and he got up to the microphone. He told this story. He said... Well, I was sick with a hernia operation a couple of years back. And um, when I was in the hospital, I had nothing else to do. So what I did was I taught myself Teresa Brewer's music, music, music backwards. And he <laughs> so can you play music? And we didn't know the song. Yeah, I had heard the song, so I was faking it. I, I tried, stopped, stopped tapping the mic. Um, and and I, I was kind of trying to teach the others sort of the chords literally live on the spot. 
And I didn't know the chorus, so it was like, dun 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 That's all I knew. And, and then he, and I learned it thinking of it from him listening to the tapes of Tupa Retin Lekani Niet Noah Dola Kong Loit Nosak Nibble Loit Nak Kism Kism Kism. One of my favorite moments in all music of, of this doctor, the psychiatrist, singing music, music, music backwards at this party. So, anyway, farewell to Teresa Brewer. Did you ever get to tell her that? No. No, because I, 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 I never will now. But I think she's watching and listening to this program but never <laughs> but, but what, what is heaven backwards never never oh yeah very That's good God spelled backwards so Jim Dawson an author of pop music books said of Teresa Brewer I always liked her because she had laughter and the sound of rippling water in her voice and, and she gave me laughter through her music just through that story so thank you Teresa Brewer and thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Dave's Gone what by. episode number was this? It was 243, so we'll be back next Sunday, October 28th, with That's a Halloween... Before my 50th birthday. And the Kreskin episode of Dave's Gone By, number 244. Until then, don't miss your days going by. Send your cards, letters, and birthday gifts in. To the radio station, this is Dave Lefkowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night, bye-bye, birdie. And happy birthday and gone by. Hello, listeners out in Radioland. This is Jason Graw, star of Cabaret. I know that's an oxymoron. Telling you to please tune in to WGBB's Dave's Gone By.